Hello everyone. This is going to be a slightly different episode. Um, Hi. <laughs> welcome to the Couple of Punts podcast. Um, cult special, <laughs> we'll call it that. Um, whatever the hell happened yesterday special, I think is probably the right way to package it. I'm Ross Williams, your host. As always, Harry Dennis is here. He's already heard his voice. Um, long-term listeners to this podcast know that we are Indianapolis Colts fans first and foremost. We're football fans. We've talked about all things NFL on the Couple of Months podcast, but the Colts are where our heart is. Um, and yeah, Monday the 7th of November 2022 is a day that's going to go down in infamy, hilarity, <laughs> a bunch of other words uh, throughout the NFL and certainly within Colts circles as one of the just one of the craziest days uh, in the history of any franchise, I think. Um, for a number of reasons. The Colts fired a head coach, hired a head coach, and we're going to try and unpack everything for you uh, over the course of the next probably half an hour or so. First and foremost, I mean, just for context to the listener, this is the first time we've spoke face-to-face. We've not even really discussed anything before we've hit record. This is very much our first reaction uh, to each other. <laughs> um, yeah, go for it. I mean, news breaks yesterday. Frank Reich's fired. Initial reactions there, because that's where we should start, I think, like why uh, Frank got his matching orders. Yeah, let's start. The whole thing started less than 24 hours ago now, and already so much has happened. Yeah, um, Frank Reich was announced. Jim Ursay announced that Frank Reich was being relieved of his duties as head coach. It was coming. It really was coming from the past, well, from this entire NFL season. Not even this entire NFL season the last game of last season at the Jacksonville Jaguars when we, yep. the team imploded right before our eyes. We couldn't beat the the lowly, sorry, Jags. Um, and everything after that was, we are like everything from Jim and Frank well, and Chris was, this is good. This year is going to be different. This is not going to happen again. That, you know, we're not going to have this capitulation. We're going to be a good team. We've built the, we've got the building blocks of a good team here. Uh, and we all bought onto it as Colts fans. We really, really kind of did. You probably told in the preseason, you could probably tell in the preseason podcast we kind of had, we got caught up in the Colts hype. This season was going to be different. Um, we don't have the worst record in the NFL, three, five, and one. Uh, we're better than the, the Raiders off the top of my head and the Jags off the top of my head and a couple of other teams in the NFL. Um, but the feeling around the team is is absolutely disastrous because of the way we've lost those games. We went to Jacksonville and got blown out 24-0. We lost a close game to the football team with Taylor Heineke, at quarterback of the commanders on the football team. We lost to the Patriots. We got embarrassed by the Patriots. And if there's one team, even though they're not division rivals, they're like our most hated team in the NFL. We went from Manning and Brady to Sam Ellinger and Mac Jones. and the performances, the results, the complete and utter capitulation of the O-line. It is the fourth highest paid O-line in the NFL. I believe it's 30th in efficiency. We are dead last when it comes to sacks. We can play one more game than other teams, but we are dead last. I think it's 35 sacks allowed in nine games, I believe, which is fucking terrible. He got sacked nine times at the weekend. Everything to that. And it all coming down to the offensive side of the ball meant the offense. We fired our offensive coordinator. We replaced the starting quarterback and none of it worked. We were we were terrible. 
book stopped with the head coach. The book stopped yesterday with Frank Reich. And I think it was the right decision, Ross. I think I tweeted this actually on Sunday night. Um, I think it would have been delaying the inevitable. Yeah. Uh, keeping him in the job. I, I don't see how Frank Wright could be head coach going into 2023. Um, so for that point of view, I completely get it in the sense of delaying the inevitable. It is odd and it's very un like uh, for this to happen. In fact, it's the first time in John Jimerse's uh, ownership of the team uh, that he's fired a coach during the season. Um, the only other time we've had an interim coach was actually the Trip Pagano season. Uh, we had to take medical leave. Uh, he did reference in his press conference, which we'll get to. <laughs> we'll get to the press conference uh, in its entirety that happened last night. Um, he did reference the only time he's ever actually hired an interim coach. That interim coach went on to be a Super Bowl winning coach elsewhere in the league. That was Bruce Arians. Uh, he was coach of the year, essentially, uh, when he came in. Um, for Chuck Pagano, but that's pretty much the only time Jim Merce has done it. So he, he doesn't take this decision lightly, I don't think, the ownership. But yeah, I think from a fan perspective, it had come to a head. It had come to a head at this point. Um, the Patriots loss. The offense had minus two yards in the first quarter. As I was listening to the Pat McAfee show yesterday, for that offense to have done nothing would have been an improvement, <laughs> which is an incredible sentence to say. But that's where we were. On every first down. If we'd have put on every first down, we'd have had more yards. We'd have had more success and more territory, yeah. Um, that's the sad state of that offence at the moment. Jonathan Taylor's out. The offensive line is just terrible. Sam Ellinger, I, I I'm not going to put any blame at the door of Sam Ellinger by any stretch. He's been thrown into a terrible situation. Uh, something had to give. Something had to give. And ultimately, you know, Frank's an offensive mind. He was brought in for his offensive mind, for his play calling, and it's the offense which is really, it's really dropped off a cliff. If I'm being honest, the defense hasn't been as good as it was last year either. But there's still flashpoints here and there. There's still plays being made here and there. It's not helped that Shaq Leonard's been, to be honest, I think he's still injured. Uh, it, frankly, he's still not anywhere near 100% fitness. Uh, there's been a few drop-offs from other players. Kenny Moore, for example, has not necessarily been at his top level, but. It is the offense, really, which is born off a cliff, as we said. You know, the amount of money on that offensive line, there's no, there's no excuse for it. Jonathan Taylor, I believe, still has one touchdown this season. Uh, maybe, maybe two. I, I think it's one, though. I think he has one touchdown for the year. He was averaging a touchdown a game last season. Um, had some injury problems himself as well, but still played enough games to have had some, some success, and he just can't get anything behind that line. Something had to, something had to give. Something had to give yesterday and well yesterday was the right opportunity I think the, the Colts as you say go 3-5-1 uh, we're two games behind the Tennessee Titans we're going to lose the, the head-to-head on that one as well the, the division's gone the season's over essentially um, there's no chance there's no chance so yeah he makes the move uh, he makes the move the news comes through around 4pm I want to say uh, GMT yesterday yeah I think so uh, around 4pm um and yeah, by six PM we knew we knew the successor, which is we'll get into in a sec. But yeah, Frank's legacy. I mean, I, what are we going to think about when we think about Frank Reich in in Indianapolis? Because he's done five. He's done five seasons. He's done quite a stint, really. Um, but he's had five seasons and five different quarterbacks, which. It's very, very, very difficult to get success. And that's why I do not think we'll look back on Frank Reich's reign as 
total failure and a total disaster at the end of the day. Um, he's gone 40, 33 and 1. He's, he's actually got a winning record in Indianapolis, would you believe, Frank Reich? He's made the playoffs on a couple of occasions despite the run of QBs he's had. I mean, he did start out with Andrew Luck, of course, in 2018, but I'll just give you the run. Obviously, Andrew Luck retires at the end of that season. Um, I believe the first game of 2019 was Scott Tolzine. <laughs> it <laughs> was. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, it was Jacoby Brissett and a little bit of Brian Hoyer uh, in 2019. 2020 was probably the highest point of his regime where he brought in a 39-year-old Philip Rivers who actually did a very good job, got us into a playoff game. We had the ball in our hands with a final drive against the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. It didn't come, didn't come to pass, but... You know, we were only we were within a touchdown, I believe, of the Buffalo Bills that season in the playoffs in the wildcard round. Then, of course, 2021, it's Carson Wentz. Then 2022, of course, it's Matt Ryan and then Sam Ellinger. Um, it's been quite a ride. It's been quite a ride for Frank Wright. And yeah, he's actually won seven games more than he lost in that time, which is impressive, dare I say. It, it is. Look, I... Frank Reich is a good coach. I just don't think he's a head coach. I think it became more and more apparent when, as the kind of the years went on, the kind of the past, well, the past two seasons, really, where we were, he was trying to think outside the box. He was trying, he was trying to do too much at times, um, probably because he was the head coach. Um, and, you know, we were just like, I know this happens around the league, but it's stupid stuff like running out of shotgun on the goal line trying to do misdirection stuff, uh, trying to think outside the box. Obviously, not getting the quarterback right doesn't really help, but he's a great dude. Everyone's been saying that he's, he's, a, he's a really good dude. Um, he spent time in Indianapolis before. He was like QB coach uh, and stuff like that, passing a coordinator, I think, like a decade ago. He'll go on to be a QB coach in the league. He'll go on to be an offensive coordinator in the league and have great success because that's what he does. I just think as a, as a head coach, he's, he's, just, he's just not the guy. We've seen the team fall apart at times and and ultimately you want your head coach to kind of coaches out of that you want he wants to be the voice in the locker room trying to get over that he said he was kind of going to get over that and that just hasn't happened this year um the effects of that jacksonville game in week 18 of last year have just loomed large over this team and it is a shame because we defended frank reich a lot you know there are a lot of times where i prefer we prefer head coaches that go for it rather than not going for it in fed situations that is frank reich's it happens to Frank Reich's detriment at times. It seems to have happened more to his detriment in Indianapolis than it did in Philadelphia, which, again, I'd rather, like I said, the, with that Bills game, we went for it on a fourth down instead of kicking a field goal and Pittman dropped it in the end zone. Uh, if we take the field goal there, maybe we win that playoff game. But I'd rather, I would personally rather always have the head coach that goes for it because I want to put it in my arms hands. I don't want to be left thinking what if when it comes down to it, but he's a great guy. He'll get jobs after this, not as a head coach, but I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, the enemy gets a head coaching gig somewhere and he goes right back to Andy Reid and becomes a defensive coordinator or passing in a coordinator, something like that. That would not surprise me whatsoever. Yeah, I completely agree. Obviously head coaches never want to take a, a step back uh, in theory, but I think it probably is the right call for him. I, th- I think you nailed it. I think he's, he's, he's an exceptional offensive coach. And that remark will probably get a few smirks right now, but of course it will. But you're right, he's a fantastic attacking coach, fantastic offensive coach, but probably just not a head coach. And the perfect example of that is that is how he got the job in the first place. He got the job in the first place because he 
helped draw up the Philly, Philly special. <laughs> let's, let's be honest, that's that's how he got the job. He won a Super Bowl, but he wasn't the head coach. Doug Peterson was the head coach of that team, and he was the one making the really big, smart decisions. At the end of the day, Frank Reich was more was at his best, just slightly more behind the scenes, just kind of drawing stuff up. And that's where he needs to be, isn't it? He needs to be able to be able to go in a room for a few hours, draw these incredible, intricate offensive plays up, and then pass them to a head coach to see if they should use them. Not let's yes. just do this. <laughs> that's the thing. You can't really have both. Um, well, the greatest coaches in the league, the likes of Andy Reid, are the ones that can do both. But it's a very special caliber of coach who can do that. Sometimes you probably needed to be roped in a little bit, and maybe need an extra kind of powerful voice to kind of say yeah let's not be in shotgun on that third and one or third and goal at the goal line you know when you've got Jonathan Taylor behind him you know this he's almost a little bit too close for his own good sometimes and um yeah I, I think as I say he'll be a QB coach he'll be an offensive coordinator he, he may well be an OC next year uh, in the league and he'll have success um and I wish him well because he's just a good dude you know he's always he seen like a very good dude but it's just not quite worked and I think um He'll still have some respect. He'll still have some respect in the Indianapolis for sure. Um, he's had a couple of player fronts. He gave it a good go. We've had some good wins over the last five years and some fun times, but yeah, this is definitely a, a black mark on his record uh, the last few weeks at the very least. Um, Bad I, I losses, do... isn't it? That's what's ultimately cost him. The, lo- the highs have been, have been good, but the losses have been terrible. The losses have been embarrassing. Yeah. And that's what's killed him, essentially. And that's what's caused Jim Irsay to pull the trigger. Yeah, and reputationally, the one thing I didn't particularly like about Frank Reich was firing Marcus Brady, the OC, and then looking even worse on offense the week after. That's not the best look, if I'm no. being honest. And um, that seemed like more of a Ballard move than did a right move, just a kind of way of kind of pivoting a little bit. But oh, clearly it didn't work. So, okay, Frank Reich is gone. It's 4 p.m. Monday. Frank Reich is currently gone. Um, and I was relatively positive, I think. I was, you know what, it kind of, need, as I said at the top of the show, kind of felt it needed to be done. It's a chance now to get in the tank, let's be honest. I, I think that, that's the situation. It's, it's, it's a chance to tank. It's a chance to get someone in uh, from within the roster, uh, within the, the organisation, just steady the ship. Uh, I, was, I was listening to a lot of what the insiders were saying from Indianapolis Um as soon as the news broke, a few names are dotted around. Bubba Ventrone seemed to be the obvious candidate. Um, the Colts special team coach um, was a very good player. Uh, a very good special teams player, in fact. Uh, did some time at the Patriots under Bill Belichick. Um, but has generally been a good special teams coach and uh, a very well-respected dude around the Colts organization. That seemed to be, okay, we'll get Ventrone in and we'll just ride it out to the end of the season. It's going to be rough. We might only get four or five wins, but that's okay. We'll get a top 10 pick. There's a couple of there's a couple of uh, quarterbacks which we'll talk about at the end of the show, which we could look at next season. So six p.m. rolls around, or just before six p.m., and the Colts make their call. Uh, I think Tom Pelissero was first to it um, around the same time as Schefter. Wasn't Bubba Fentrone? <laughs> it was Jeff Saturday. Um, now I'm very aware that a lot of people listen to this podcast. Um, I've only been watching the NFL for maybe three, four years, less than. Might not be familiar with who Jeff Saturday is. Um, one of the best offensive linemen of this millennium uh, since 2000. 
was a huge part of the Colts, uh, the, the Colts team, essentially, which dominated the league. It's the reason why the Colts are still the fourth most winning uh, franchise in the NFL since the year 2000, which is remarkable. Um, he was Peyton Manning's center. That's what he is. Um, but an extremely, extremely good. Up there with kind of Nick Mangold as one of the best centers of his time. Uh, a Colts Ring of Honor member. Currently an ESPN analyst, or at least he was until yesterday. Um, but crucially, not with the Colts organization. I mean, he did have a consultancy role, a paid consultancy role over the last couple of years, but I think he has an office, but he didn't really use it. <laughs> Essentially, I doubt the doors used very often. Um, and his only coaching experience is with a high school team for three years down in Georgia, I think. Um, he's the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. What was your first reaction? Uh, I was, I was, as I said, I was watching the Pat McAfee show. He had Ian Rappaport on live stream with him at the time, and I mean, Rap Sheet's face said it all. Really, I mean, he obviously got the news from Tom Persaro straight away. There was just general bemusement. I think they, they were thrilled to be happy for Jeff, but it was bemusement. So, what was your first reaction? My first reaction was you just putting in our group Jack group chat Jeff in capital letters because I was on the tube home um, and then checking <laughs> to uh, I just I mean it's complete shock as you say it's 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 he has no NFL or college coaching experience he has three years in a high school in Georgia and his last season was like three and seven four and seven um, it's it's bewildering it, it, it's it's mental it is it's Jim Ursay <laughs> We love Jim. Um, we love Jim, but he is one crazy cowboy guitarist singer. He's mental. He is mental. Um, my, my my initial thought was sound. Um, you get a guy in who's just going to hopefully steady the ship, um, win back the fans uh, while still being really bad. Um, and still was scoring a top, t- like a, a good pick. I think it was a, I think my first reaction was, are we just trying to get the, the mood around Indianapolis up by getting back? Um, yeah, one of one of the cornerstones. He was in Indianapolis two weeks ago for Tariq Glenn's uh, yeah. Ring of Honor ceremony. Um, like you say, really good. Uh, he's in the Hall of Very Good. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he's in like the Hall of like very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, bring him back, get the fans back on side. Because it's going to be bad this season. Let's just get to, like, April and see what happens in the draft. Yeah, it, it kind of struck me as a whoever they get in right now, because let's be honest, one of the top candidates, and we will talk about the top candidates uh, in a little bit in terms of obviously who's going to take over, um, could be Jeff himself, but who's going to take over in for 2023. Um, not one of them is looking at this team at 3-5-1 and, and going, I want that job now. That's not yeah. happened. There was no chance of actually bringing someone in instantly as the long-term fix. Um, so no matter who it was, it's going to be bad. <laughs> the rest of the season is going to be bad. It's, it's as simple as that. So I think it was a matter of there's only probably a few people in the world they could bring in who would immediately get just a few weeks at the very least leeway from the Colts fans when they play at home. Um, Peyton Manning's one. <laughs> Let's be honest. Did his phone ring yesterday? Jim's so, Jim's so crazy, it probably did. <laughs> it probably did. Um, 
Uh, I do believe Eli Manning actually asked him on the Manning cast yesterday whether he was asked to be offensive coordinator. Peyton said no. Uh, yeah, he said no, so he was probably asked to be head coach. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy, but Peyton Manning's one of them. Uh, I mean, Reggie Wayne is on the coaching staff, so I'm a little bit surprised they almost, if they were going to go this direction, they didn't just give it Reggie. I mean, they could have just done that. Uh, but Jeff Saturday is one of them. Jeff Saturday is one of the most respected men in the city, <laughs> ultimately. Uh, as you said, his records was very, very impressive. I say Hall are very good, but we're talking a six-time Pro Bowl. He was an All-Pro, course Super Bowl champion, Ring of Honor. He's got his name in Lucas Oil Stadium, a very, very, very good player um, back in the day, but also a, a very professional, um, respected guy, uh, talks extremely well. As I said, we'll get onto the press conference, but look, the press conference is all kinds of weird and all kinds of mad. He came across very well. Jeff came across extremely well in the press conference under unbelievable circumstances, really. Um, it's a PR move. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it is a PR move because, I mean, he was asked in that press conference who's going to be calling plays on Sunday and he didn't have an answer. I mean, it can't be him. He, he, he can't. He's not going to learn Frank Reich's playbook in five days. He's not going to happen. He's not going to be a play caller or anything like that. This is not going to change the how those Colts are going to play drastically. It might give the offensive line a bit of a bump just because they're now looking at their head coach and going, oh, well, that is a very, he was a very, he's probably the best offensive lineman who ever played for the Colts before Quentin Nelson. So that may give them a little bit of a kick up the arse, which is obviously what the Colts need. But yeah, hey, I, ho- I hope he does take over play calling, you know, play calling duties as, as an offensive lineman. It's just going to be halfback dive, halfback dive. Yeah, it's um, good news for Jonathan Taylor if he does. Yeah, that is, that, that is the offensive lineman to me talking because we just love run plays. Um, Matt Ryan, is Matt Ryan going to become OC? He's probably the most qualified. He'll be leaning on him heavily, I would imagine. Uh, Matt Ryan must be thinking, what the, <laughs> what did I do? What yeah. Did... I... He's kind of a forgotten man in all this, in the sense that he must be thinking now, 10 weeks into the season, I made some call coming here because yeah. he could have gone elsewhere, could have stayed in really, Atlanta. Really, really, really sorry about that, Matt. That, that, that really wasn't great. Um, yeah. Um, I was going to say something, but I think I forgot it about it's Jeff. Okay. Um, we, oh, we, um, we know he calls plays as well because, and you know he's a good dude because that one video that always goes around is him yes. and Peyton Manning going at it. And who steps down? Peyton Manning. That's how, like, he In is. In fairness, it is mostly when Tarek Glenn comes over because Tarek Glenn is one of the biggest humans <laughs> yeah. ever. I mean, he, 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 it's not so much. If Jeff had stood up, he's sat down through the entire, yeah. entire video. But, uh, yeah, Tarek Glenn does come over as his guard and it's, um yeah. <laughs> it, 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 Peyton Manning's a big man, but he's not a big man like Tarek <laughs> It's all in jest because then Peyton Manning goes, oh shit, I'm mic'd up <laughs> for all of that. But um, but yeah, like that shows how much respect that like he had in that locker room. Peyton Manning was basically the GM, was the quarterback GM. But yep. um, the fact that like Jeff Saturday could stand up to him and then his offensive lineman be like, now we're backing Jeff, shows how much he's respected. And that's probably what Jim's going for, like when in terms of trying to bring the locker room together. Yeah, yeah. As I said, extremely respected, dude. I, I... Look, is it a crazy call? Is it is it unprecedented in the league? Yes. Yes. Um, never happened before. The fact that someone with so little experience, the fact that Jim Merce says he's glad he doesn't have that experience was a pretty yeah, pretty wild thing to say. Um, it is unprecedented in the league, but as I say, this is very much 
it's the most obvious tank in the world ever. Uh, it's the most tank. It's the most obvious tank that's ever happened in the NFL. But it does make sense in the grand scheme where the team's at uh, and what off season it's going into. Um, in terms of Jeff himself, then what do we think he's going to try and get out of this kind of nine ten weeks? Because he's given up a very very good and very lucrative job at ESPN, presumably to do this. Uh, as an analyst over there. So you must have had some kind of um, assurances, uh, I think, to take this gig and knowing the question he was going to get yesterday, the question he's going to get for the rest of the season. What do we think he's looking at long-term? Do you, do we think he wants to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts going forward? I, I'm not so sure on that one, uh, if I'm honest. I actually don't think... I, I, I have a hunch. I don't think Jeff Saturday is going to be the head coach beyond this season. Um. I, I do think he may get a front office role. Uh, I think he's more aligned to that kind of thing. As I say, he's certainly not going to be playing just calling plays this season. I, I wouldn't have thought he's, he's, he's ultimately not been a very good coach <laughs> or not a coach at all. I do think he can be a very, very good uh, front office executive in the NFL though. And he, the perfect example of this is his job with the NFLPA uh, when he was a player he was a huge component of getting the original CBA over the line in 2011. Without him, there was a lot. I mean, again, we talk about listeners to this podcast who may not have been around back then. We're talking 11 years ago. There was a lockout. There was a lockout in the NFL where literally players could not get in the facilities. There was a lockout between the NFL and the NFLPA. Jeff Saturday was huge while he was still playing and getting that over the line and actually making sure there was a season in 2011. He's a very, very well-respected guy, very well-spoken very smart, very smart, but at that executive level more so than actual maybe football IQ in terms of play calling and stuff. Obviously, he knows his football, of course, he does play for Peyton Manning, but that's more the line in which I think he'd go down. Plus, he has been a consultant, as I say, for a couple of years with the Colts. Chris Ballard said yesterday they have been trying to get him in for a couple of years and he turned down a few coaching roles, interestingly enough. Um, I think this is more an interview for a potential GM role or something really high up than it is head coaching. Uh, what would you make to that? That's just really funny because Ballard's just sat next to him. But it is. Because, I mean, he spoke about it before. Um, there's a voice clip going round of um, of Saturday going round. I think from a, couple, from a long time ago saying that's he'd love he'd love to be like a GM, especially with the Colts. It's it's, it's what he knows. And as you say, he speaks so well. He's really well respected. He was part of that in, like lockout ending discussions with the NFLPA uh, and the NFL itself. That that seems to be what he wants to do. Um, as you say, you give up a lot as an NFL analyst uh, for ESPN to, to become to become a coach. It, it's 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 weird. It's weird, but it is it's it's a good audition because can can you control the locker room? Can you? earn that respect kind of quickly because that's what you need as a GM. You don't need to know the X's and O's. You just need to be that leader of men at a level yeah. he's not been at before. Um, it's very different when you're a teammate to when you're, you know, on a teammate, you're all on the same level, even though you've got captain stuff. When you're the GM, you are removed from that locker room, even though you're still a part of it. So can he bring, the, can he bring a broken, fractured locker room together uh, we don't have to win games, but can he restore a bit of pride in the franchise? Because if he can do that, it's it's a pretty damn good audition for down the road. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, that brings us on to Chris Ballard himself then. Um, because as you say, he was just kind of sat there during the press conference yesterday. Um, 
were you surprised it wasn't a package deal? Because I, I, I'm all, it, it's kind of always felt obviously they got the, they got the contracts at the same time. I think the contracts are, they're both contracts are through twenty twenty six. So Frank Reich is going to get, I believe, I read today about two hundred thousand dollars a week <laughs> through through two thousand twenty six. Um, despite not being with the team, Chris Barr is on a similar deal. I think um, they have seemed like a bit of a package, haven't they, throughout the last five years? Um, there was an element. I, there was, I guess, I just had it in mind that when Frank Reich left, Chris would follow him. Obviously, only one of them left yesterday. Were you a little bit surprised at that? I'm always surprised because realistically, whenever you you make wholesale changes, they kind of both should go because then they're both each other's guys. They're both on the same kind of page. You kind of you want a whole fresh start because you want a new regime. Whereas if the GM or the head coach, if one or the other goes, you kind of you've got you've not got that fresh start. You've got half a team's guys, you know, they're not obviously Saturday's interim, but they're not Saturday's guys. The next head coach, they won't be their guys, they'll be Ballard's guys. So you've got that little bit of contention without there being necessarily needing it to be. So I was surprised. Ballard's another one because as much as I lo- loved Reich, he needed to go. We've loved a lot of Ballard's move moves over the past couple of years, but the mood's sour, doesn't it? The mood's I mean, sour, it, doesn't it? I know he's not coaching them day to day, but the complete breakdown of the O line. Um, we haven't got a left tackle since Costanzo. Uh, the Schwartz was it Schwartz? No Fisher. The the, yeah. the Eric Fisher acquisition last year was terrible. Come fast block. Um, we have tried to start Matt Pryor at three positions on the offensive line this year. He has been benched at all three positions. Uh, so why did we trade for him? Um, We've got picks right, but I mean, Paris Campbell's coming good now, but we just watched Terry McLaurin burn us. Uh, and he literally was a season ticket holder in Indianapolis, grew up in Indianapolis. You know, you could have drafted him. I know that's a that's a little bit of a bit of an example because you can always have these little intangibles when it comes to players, but it's 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 one thing that you can just add to the list now because he's far removed from the Quitter Nelson, uh, Darry, uh, Shaquille Leonard. And someone else, whoever uh, Bra- uh, Braden Smith draft, he's a long way away from that now. Uh, and as you say, haven't got the quarterback right since look, even though Rivers was good for a year, haven't it, got the quarterback right since then, exactly. And of course, we've caught a lot, we've leaned on Frank Reich heavily for his input in terms of the QBs. But as far as I'm concerned, Chris Ballard's got at least 50% uh, of that accountability for that, those decision making as well, probably more so because he's the one actually negotiating contracts as such. Um, he's just as much at fault for, you know, deciding on Matt Ryan this year, deciding on Castle Wentz the year before and everything prior. Um, yeah, my, my opinion on the look, it's probably difficult to get shut of a general manager literally midway through the season. Um, it throws all, it's a huge kind of worms. It causes all kinds of issues, particularly if players are going to be out of contract this year where negotiations will be so far along already, probably those kind of things. It makes it very, very tricky. But this is Jim Hersey, and he's just made a crazy move yesterday regardless. I don't think you were too worried about that. My initial reaction to Chris Ballard staying was it's with one eye on the spring. It's with one eye on the draft. Because, I mean, you talk about <laughs> rope and tether. <laughs> I mean, Chris Ballard's got the, the, the slightest that could ever be now. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, we, we talk about last chance saloon. I mean, he's... he's got a foot and a half out the door at this point. I mean, that, that that's it. Like, there is no more second chance, third, fourth, fifth chances with Chris Ballard. This is it. I mean, Jim Irsay could be 
completely forgiven for sacking him at any moment uh, at this point. That, that, that's where it is. It does make me think, because Jim Irsay is so football orientated and gets himself so involved in the football organisation, way more than a lot of other owners around the league do. Um, I mean, you see it ourselves on draft night. Jim Irsay is often there right alongside Chris Ballard helping to make these decisions. Um, it made me think, with one eye on the draft, there's one particular guy Jim Irsay really wants. And I don't know who it is. It's probably between one of two guys um, who we'll talk, talk about in a sec. It makes me wonder, because Jim Irsay is just this kind of guy, that he wants this person. He wants this quarterback, let's be honest, in the NFL draft. And the only way Jim Irsay himself can guarantee the Colts draft that quarterback is by having a guy with absolutely no leverage at all as general manager. <laughs> He's just going, you're going to draft him, or you're going to be fired. It's as simple as that, because that, that's you do throw a few other... Ta- um, other variables in when you start a new GM process and all that kind of thing. He's that kind of owner sometimes. He can be a little bit a little bit crazy. So whether it be CJ Stroud, whether it be Bryce Young, who I think it probably will be one of those two guys, is he thinking, I- I've got Chris Ballard right here in the palm of my hand. I'm going to make him do everything he can to get one of those guys. What do you think? I do. I think it's been evident that he's been getting more and more involved in football operations again over these past two seasons, um, which is getting this, it's getting this Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones way, which is not always great and it doesn't no. always work and it leads to impulsive decisions. I'm not saying this um, is the right thing for no. him to be doing, by the way. I'm no, just saying I yeah. think that's where we're at. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you. I think, I think that is the way, I think that is the way we're going. Plus, kind of harking back as well for us to essentially uh, we're not halfway to the draft but we're halfway through the season to get a new GM and essentially rip up all of Ballard scouting and start again with a new GM from scratch would be yeah would put us about well I know scouting stopped in here probably 18 months behind everyone else because you have to rescale from you know you scalp years in advance but it would put a team behind that is kind of that's really it. needs draft help the only thing we could do, yeah, would be to then hire internally for GM anyway, where it'd be Ed Dodds or Morocco Brown or something like that. So they'd have that kind of yeah research Bank behind of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, but in the in the same way, you'd go well. Why fire Ballard then? Because you're pretty much going to be in the same. You're in the same tree. You're in the same system regardless. You probably need a whole wholesale change, don't you? So um, yeah, that, that that's probably why they haven't. Done, that, that's the thing. I I I kind of always thought that they'd go at the same time, Reich and Ballard, but. I never imagined they'd go mid-season because that's just what Ursay doesn't do, as I said at the start of the show. Um, what a crazy situation. What a crazy yeah. situation. So, okay, as things stand right now, Jeff Saturday's interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, right now, we do not know who is going to place this Sunday uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, hell of a game to go into against the pretty hapless Raiders as well. So, who knows? The Colts might even win that game. <laughs> they have to be so happy with that. You know, a team that needs a win and we were bad enough as it is and now you can just look at the Colts and go, they're, they're in more disarray than us. Josh McDaniel can have a little laugh to himself and go, thanks, fuck, I didn't go and join them. And maybe he's proven right eventually. Um, it would be so NFL for the Colts to win, though. <laughs> yeah, it would I'll tell you that, yeah. I don't know if the new manager bounce extends when... I don't know what the new manager bounce extends to when it's Jeff. Who knows? It did when the Panthers beat the Bucks. True. <laughs> so it can happen. That was only a few weeks ago. 
Uh, it can happen. Um, so yeah, current state of players. We play the Raiders this week. Jeff Saturday is coach. We're three, five, and one. Realistically, you can't see this team getting more than five or six wins. It, probably not even that. If we're being honest, it's going to be tough to find wins. Uh, let me check the strength of schedule at the moment. Da, 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 da. The Colts have the fifth hardest strength schedule in the NFL right now. So, is it five wins for the Colts? Maybe four. Either way, you've got to think top ten draft pick. You've got to think top ten draft pick for the Indianapolis Colts. Have to. We we can't. We have to get a quarterback through the draft. We can't ride the carousel again. We no. we just can't. It, it, I heard someone like, say yesterday we should get Derek Carr. I, I don't want Derek no, Carr. No, that's, that's riding the carousel again. That's I know, look, we have to be realistic now. We got so lucky with Luck after Manning. We're not going to get another Andrew Luck. But if we draft a Derek Carr, I'll be more than happy with that. A little bit of stability, yeah. you know. If we draft a Derek Carr, I know he's playing well now, but like Kirk Cousins, you draft an average guy, you just keep him around for a year. We're not going to get another Luck or Manning. But you've just got to, we've got to stick with a guy. We've got to use a first round pick on a guy and go, you're the guy. You have to do a Trubisky. You're the guy until four years in. You have to. We can't ride the carousel again. We just, we just can't. I don't want to, we can't, I can't go through it again, Ross. I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look at draft capital in terms of what the Colts have. Uh, they do have a first rounder. Do you have a second rounder? They have a third rounder. Uh, it would have been two seconds, of course. Had Carson Wentz uh, not went down injured. The Colts have a fourth. Uh, they have a fifth. They have two sixths and a seventh. So it, plenty. There's plenty to go at. We're picking every round currently. So there is some trade capital should the Colts want to move up in this draft, which they may... They may have to, because that, that's the thing. I mean, it's a good class in terms of uh, quarterbacks. The problem with that is they probably go one and two um, this year in terms of CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Uh, they're probably your top two guys. You've got the QB out of Kentucky as well, who could probably be a top five pick. Um, Clovis. Hmm? Clovis, is it? Uh, Levis. Will Levis. Levis, Levis. Levis. Yeah. Um, you are, yeah, you're, you're the college football aficionado I'll be honest I'm not too beyond the top two I don't know an awful lot but I know there's plenty of guys getting hype um, in this draft so it is an ideal situation for the Colts to draft one certainly better than the last couple of seasons um, but they probably have to give up a little bit because that's the thing the Colts have no leverage now there, there is yeah every team in the NFL knows what the Colts want to do which does put you in a difficult situation but I think Jim Mercer is very much in the mood that he'll probably spend what it takes um, in, in, in terms of trading up so no worries there. So let's look towards the future then. Jeff Saturday, let's say he gets two wins the rest of the season. Let's, let's say the Colts get five. Um, so it's a top 10 pick. Um, Jim Mercer is more than happy to go up into the top three or top five to get quarterback anyway. Where do we go next? Because the thing with the interim coach, and one thing we should address as well is a lot of the reporters were saying yesterday that the Colts were not going with the Rooney rule and there was a various things around you know Colts even uh, Colts coaches even within the Colts building being quite upset um that they put the work in and not been um picked for this move after Jeff Saturday they've, they've hired they've hired 
they've hired an interim coach externally, which is doesn't happen. That's very, very rare. Um, so yeah, the Colts got a little bit of stick for that. And Jim Mercer did address it yesterday. Um, the Rooney rule doesn't apply for interim coaches. Uh, it doesn't it does next season, actually. Uh, you have to catch coming in next year, but uh, as of right now, the Colts are not. Um, what's the word? They, they are in accordance with the Rooney rule currently. So that's we are compliant. Compliant, that's the word. Uh, but of course, in 2023, in order to get a head coach, an actual head coach, not an interim, uh, there will be an interview process. So, regardless of how well Jeff Saturday does or doesn't do, there will be an interview process where the Colts will aim to hire their new head coach. As I say, probably going to have a top 10 pick probably going to be more than happy to draft up, uh, to trade up into the top five to pick a quarterback. And we've got the players we have. We have Shaquille Leonard, we have Quentin Nelson, we have a young receiver core. We have some talent on defense. Who coaches the Colts in 2023 is the big question. Um, Shall we run through the runners and riders? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. I mean, we'll we'll start with Jeff. I mean, nothing really can say, but Jeff Saturday will be in the running, I'm sure I'll interview, uh, depending on how badly it goes, <laughs> it's possible. But Jeff Saturday will be there, uh, you'd imagine. And I hope he does do well, as much as I, I'm very much on board with the tank, I'm very much on board of picking up one of these two quarterbacks. Um, you still, I, I've still got a lot of respect for Jeff Saturday. He's one of those players who was there when I first started watching this game, and I'll, I'll hope he does well at the, at the very, very least. But moving on from him... Every team in the NFL will roll the carpet out for Sean Payton right now. Uh, the Colts are no exception. I can't see him coming. <laughs> I'd be very. We haven't surprised. got a chance. We're out. We're out of. We are out of the Sean Payton stakes. We don't have the quarterback. We don't have. We don't have the infrastructure around us. But agree. It's, it's it's heartbreaking. <laughs> it is heartbreaking, but we don't. It is. Um... Who who would be our pick before we get to go through the names who could be if you could have anyone. Apart from Sean Payton, who would be your pick? I haven't put it to much thought, really, but but there's kind of two. There's the obvious college coach, which we'll, we'll get to. We'll discuss him. Um, the one that I've kind of just thought of, that why not? Why not give, especially after he was slighted by the Texans, Let's give the enemy his first head coaching gig. Why not? Let's let's dip back into the Andy Reid coaching tree because apparently we love pain, but let's give him a chance to succeed. You go, look, you can choose. I know you've just said, and it's probably is true that Ursay picks the next quarterback, but you go with the enemy, look, it's a clean state here. We need a quarterback in the draft. Draft one you love and groom him to take the starter job. Why not? Yeah. I mean, he definitely interviews. Uh, I'd be amazed yeah. if he doesn't interview with this job, um, especially after what's happened the last couple of years. Of course, apparently the rumour is he interviews badly because <laughs> that's the only reason why he hasn't had a job so far. I mean, that's just hearsay, but um, I mean, his track record in terms of what he's done with the Chiefs is undeniable. Um, I guess the only the only thing people can say is it's Patrick Mahomes. Anyone could do that, but I don't know. They still have to draw the plays. We've just seen what Dayball's done with Daniel Jones. That would be my thing. Yes. That, of course, Dayball was under who's who's I can't remember the head coach in Buffalo. Um, is, Mike McDermott. Mike McDermott, and people are like, "Oh, how much of it is him? How much of it is Dayball?" Dayball goes to New York and proves it. Hmm. That's it. That's it. It could Eric Bieniemy could be the best defensive guy in the NFL. For all we know, it's just hard to tell. Uh, to be honest, I think the thing that may. Um, 
lure out the enemy to the Colts more than even the promise of a a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud. Uh, could be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Airbnb Airbnb was a running back in this league. That's 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 his bread and butter, really. He he could he could do incredible things with Jonathan Taylor potentially, while also working very closely with this uh, rookie quarterback, whoever it may be. He's got to be up there, and he? he's got to be up there as one of your top tier um, options. Uh, I think Airbnb. Um, I always look towards the offensive guys, and I, I, maybe I shouldn't, but I, I think naturally after seeing the offense as badly as it looked on, on Sunday, it's hard not to. There's a few other guys knocking around. Um, interesting enough, going off from the enemy, the perfect one after that would be Mike Kafka, who was under the enemy and Reed uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs. He went to the Giants. He's working with Brian Dable at the moment. And that offense where they're really doing something quite special, getting the best out of Saquon Barkley right now. As you say, Daniel Jones is playing probably his best football. Um, Mike, Kaf- Mike Kafka, H. 35, was a QB in the league, of course. Not necessarily a, an all-pro, but um, he's one of those options. Kellen Moore, similar as well. Kind of a similar trajectory in terms of where he's come from as a player and being an OC in the league, and OC in the NFC East. Any of those guys kind of taking your fancy? Um, Kellen Moore's a weird one. Sometimes I think I love him and sometimes I think he's clueless when it comes to the Cowboys kind of offensive play calling. Mm. He's a genius and... And he's a lunatic. Um, that's what you have to be in today's NFL. But I think the main candidate for us is 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 not in the NFL right now. I think, I think, I think you're right. I'll get to him. I'll just say one more that okay. I think there's one other guy. I think you will definitely get a job next year, um, and naturally will be in the hunt because we're we're going to be on the lookout. That'd be Demico Ryan's. Um, yes. There could be an element. Uh, whether Jim Mercer is looking at this and Chris Ballard's looking at this, if it's Chris still in the job, of course, they may move on in the offseason. We'll get to that. Um, do you look at what the Titans did with Mike Vrabel and go, well, they've just built a very, very tough, a very, very tough team, defensive-minded, was a top player in the league, came through a coaching tree with a track record, Mike Vrabel did an incredible job with the Titans. It continues to do an incredible job with the Titans. Of course, the Titans also have the... I mean, there's the comparison in the sense that their offense is mainly run through Derrick Henry, of course. Really, our offense should really run through Jonathan Taylor. So there's some co- comparisons there. D'Amico Ryan's has done an unbelievable job with the 49ers, um, essentially taking over what Robert Tyler left. Um, but the 49ers are the best defense in the league this year. They're, they're absolutely sensational. Um, e- even despite a few injuries. So... That's an option as well. Uh, I think Tobiko Ryans would certainly be, again, he'd be an interview and he's the kind of guy who could come across very, very impressive and would certainly um, give food for thought, I think. Um, but we want the sexy one, don't we? We, we, want, we want the one that Harry's been alluding to. And I say I want him. Do I want him? I don't know. I don't know if I do. I've not decided yet. But does it make too much sense? And based on the crazy trip that Jim Hersey's on right now, is it the one that he's probably thinking right now? Probably. <laughs> if he can afford him. Jim Harbour. Jim. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jim. Harbour. Of course, with the Michigan Wolverines, currently had a pretty unsavory exit from the 49ers a few years ago, but made it to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. The 49ers did an incredible job, really, in San Francisco. Being at Michigan for a few years now, 
did just get a new deal quite recently, so it would be a buyout job, but Jim O'Shea is not skin. Uh, I'm not too worried about that one. He was Colts quarterback. He was the Colts. He was the best Colts quarterback free Peyton Manning for a good time, a uh, good period of time. Loves the city, loves the team. Would have a quarterback probably to work with. Does it make too much sense? It does. And it, there's, there's a lot of kind of, I know it's different because he has coached in the NFL, but there's a lot of Bible wear when it comes to these college head coaches now from, you know, the ones we've seen fail. But you, you, you talk about people dealing with the situation, people dealing with with the occasion stuff. I know he's in the NFL and he's a super, he's got Super Bowl, so it's a little bit different, but like he managed to turn Michigan from a turn them around in over the past you look at what you've done for me lately over the past kind of six seven years turn michigan from a poor program underperforming to, to to a really kind of strong program now and, and they're really coming into their own in the past kind of couple of years um i think he i think you don't get stupid you don't get these heartbreaking losses under him you don't you don't fall apart under him I think he brings that kind of side of it. He brings discipline, which we've kind of lacked. He brings, he just brings um, brings stuff we've been missing, um, and experience at the NFL level, respect to the NFL level, a level deep, deep, deep college um, knowledge, college knowledge experience for the upcoming kind of drafts. He has to scout these guys. He has to scout a lot of these Big Ten players who are really coming into the league. He's got to scout the rest of the, the college football system. He's got to recruit players that are coming on. He gets that kind of that network of knowledge. Um, and, you know, he is a former cult as well. He's a first-round pick with us. Uh, late first-round pick in, like, 1996? Something, Something like, that. like that. Yeah. Um, probably leave that. Probably, like, the early 90s. But, yeah. What... what why not him? Why yeah. not him? I mean, the, the thing is, you kind of touched on it, is all the options we've given. And uh, it's weird, isn't it? Because they almost feel like the safer options. They're like, you, you make a rise of the world, you hope the enemies almost feel like the safer options, despite the fact they have no head coach experience in the NFL. It's bizarre. When you look at Jim Harbaugh, I'm looking at his record now, 49-22-1 in the NFL. His college record is 128-51. Um, he's a winner. Uh, he's a proven winner. He's got a track record of winning, um, which you don't necessarily get with one of these coordinators coming up and making the step up. Um, they're probably the better move for the future, the long, long, long-term future. But there's an element of me thinking that this will be the move purely because, like I say, this to make sense of any of this, you've got to try and make sense of what's going on inside Jim Irsay's head, which is a difficult task, <laughs> a very difficult task. But the one thing we know Jim Irsay knows and thinks, because um, he told everyone, was he wanted two Super Bowls within the next decade or so. Um, that's quite instant, really. That's not a long-term... <laughs> that's not a long-term play, is it? Um, that means you need to be on that path now, really, or very, very, very soon which is where you go with the proven winner. Uh, a guy who's proven to be able to win games in the National Football League as a head coach and got something about him as well. Uh, got a real presence, real personality. And is that a lure for players to come over as well? Yes, I think it is. Um, it could be a car crash. The Jim Harbaugh, a Jim Harbaugh hiring could be an absolute disaster. It could is it a chance we've taken? Maybe. 
<laughs> maybe the thing is with hardball as well there's 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 very very few nfl jobs he'd take because he is he was a michigan his family are from ohio which is close to michigan close to indianapolis um but he went to the university of michigan as a he was uh, you know he loves that kind of place so there's very few places he would actually leave the university of michigan to go to because as you kind of say now the money's pretty damn similar yeah. and stuff so it'd have to be a job that's enticing and actually means something to him to step up to the nfl level uh come to, uh, he was in i think he was in chicago for longer but in terms of actual kind of like playoff success and stuff he had some big wins for the for the colts as, as our as our, as our quarterback um why not come to indianapolis you don't have to you don't have to move too far as well you get to stay reasonably local in terms of america it ticks a lot of boxes that a offensive coordinator a defensive coordinator new leagues you just kind of said becoming a head coach they don't think yeah and he is the one and final hope uh, that will ever happen of a 34-year-old Andrew Luck coming back to quarterback the Colts. <laughs> because, ah, yes. Because he was the coach of the Stanford Cardinal um, while Andrew Luck was in college. <laughs> He's essentially the reason Andrew Luck came to the Colts in the first place. Um, Are you saying there's a chance that Luck... <laughs> no, 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 no. Did he get a call? Did he get a call? Was he on like the five, the five people that Jim called? I mean, I'm pretty sure Jim calls him every week, so I'm not going to rule that one out. Uh, he does still live in the area, I think. Um, yeah, of course, it's not going to happen, but this will be the final chance, I guess, uh, if you really want to work with Jim one more time. We'll be revisiting this many times, many, 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 many times over the next few weeks, over the next few months, right up until the 2023 season, more than likely. Um, that's probably all I've got time for today. Um this has been more of a counseling session than a podcast, if we're being honest. This is just a chance for us to really talk about this and kind of relay all our thoughts on a crazy few days uh, in Colts football. Um, the craziest thing to have happened since Andrew Luck retired uh, a week before the season, I would say, and maybe even crazier still, Jeff Saturday, the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, is quite wild. Um, yeah. That's pretty much all we've got time for. Please, we want to know your thoughts. So this will be going out, obviously, on our Twitter, of course, of, of course, across all podcast platforms. At a couple of months on Twitter, let us know what you think. Just let us know what you think about these decisions that have been made in the last few days, who the culture should go to, who they should draft. Should they draft? They should draft. But, you know, you can have your opinion on that too. Um, and, yeah, just send me and Harry just messages of condolences and, and various things like that uh, just to make us feel a little better, I think. That'd be really nice because because our season's over. We we build up this. You build up the NFL season for so long, uh, and as we said before, and those are kind of early episodes of this 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 preseason before the season. We whipped ourselves into a fury, and well, it was kind of done by like week three. But it's 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 week nine now, going into week ten, yeah, maybe, and 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 it's over. Uh, well, the World Cup starts in like two weeks, so. Yeah, just another crazy story. And this, this is why we love it. It's why we love the NFL. I mean, if you'd have told me nine weeks ago that we'd be in a situation where we have sacked our head coach, we've brought in a former center who's never coached at college and NFL level while having a better record than the Green Bay Packers. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it is, it is quite something. Um, but that's the National Football League for you. It is best league in the world uh when it when it's at, at times like this that's for sure um enjoy football this weekend uh we'll try and fit a preview in at some point later on this week we'll see if we can hopefully we can 
Uh, but we just want to get this special out um, just for you to hear our hear our thoughts on everything Colts because ultimately we needed to and hopefully it's been enjoyable for you as well. Um, we'll see you next time. Uh, enjoy the football. See you next week, guys. Or later. Hopefully later. <laughs>